you know, whether or not you know, an institution wants to white label our entire um, mobile application to resemble what we have in the US, we could easily deliver that. Um, but when we go to the other extreme, we've taken that mobile application, we've compartmentalized each and every one of those components, turned those into SDKs, APIs behind that, so that then um, large, large institutions that already have mobile applications, already have those mobile applications um, that have been downloaded by their consumers, we're able to come in and enrich enrich those mobile applications with the movement experience without the need for a full rebuild. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. Movin was founded in 2011 by Brett King. It was really early in the move to standalone digital banks, which we like to call challenger banks here on the podcast. Without branches and transacting via a telephone, the company was an early pioneer. Fast forward to 2019, and Movin is now led by Mark Forziak and has added a new part of its business, banking as a service. Movin Enterprise powers digital banking functionality for traditional financial institutions around the world, like TD Bank and Westpac. CEO Mark Forziak joins us on the podcast today to talk about Movin's evolution as a digital bank and how its customers, both retail and now increasingly enterprise, have changed over time. We talk about Movin's customer acquisition strategy and what the firm is cooking up for the future. Mark Forziak is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Thanks, Zach. Um, well, my name is Mark Forsiak. I am the CEO at, at Movin Corp. And, and, and as kind of the title implies, um, as a chief executive officer, you know, my real responsibility is to you know, guide and oversee you know, the organization which today um, operates you know, its U.S. direct-to-consumer business, you know, Movin Bank as it's commonly known as, um, but we've also, you know, really since 2016 have expanded globally. So overseeing, you know, our global enterprise business as well. So I want to hear about both those sides that we had a CEO on the, on the show recently, and he said his job as CEO was to make sure the garbage got taken out. I hadn't heard that one before, but I thought that was good. Um, so can we talk about the, the Genesis story of moving, you know, it's, yeah, we, we, can we start there and then I guess sort of the trajectory and sort of the evolution of how that moved into how you guys chose to move into enterprise? I think that'd be interesting right. for us. Okay. Right. So, so you know, using the word Genesis, right, Zach? Um, so the Genesis of moving, and again, you, I'm sure you're familiar with Brett King. Mm -hmm. you know, Brett King is, is the founder of moving. And when you think about moving bank and the Genesis behind that, you know, it's, it's the combination of two words with and in between, right? So it's move and bank. So when we thought about putting together, you know, a financial institution and we looked at the way, um, you know, digital, you know, digital um, is going to reshape the way financial services are delivered, how mobile is going to become embedded in, in everyone's life. You know, the thesis there was, you know, banking everywhere except at a bank. So Move-In Bank is really the nexus behind what it is we wanted to bring to the market. And what we um, launched back 2011, 2012 is one of the pioneers, you know, in the neo-banking challenger bank space um, here in the U.S. And, and that was fundamentally underpinned, Zach, by... Um, you know, you're thinking that a bank account 
just like your phone, just like your television, um, just like your watch, a bank account should also be smart. Um, and how do we think about making a bank account smart by putting technology into the hands of consumers, technology that will ultimately allow for customers to gain um, or, to get, you know, or to achieve better control on how and where their money is spent so that they could improve um, and, and see that, you know, their own you know, financial wellness and financial well-being you know, improve over time. That's kind of the genesis and ultimately what it is Movin has been working towards um, you know, since, you know, since the onset. Um, again, we launched in the US as a direct-to-consumer business. Um, and, and, as, and as we started going down that path and as we began to you know, build our customers, um, what we found was that there were a lot of other institutions that wanted to leverage the same patented technology that Move-In brings to bear. Um, and again, brings to bear in a manner that allows for customers to have better insights on where they spend, um, insights that allow for them to control their spending habits, controlling spending habits that allow for them to increase and improve, improve their savings behaviors. Um, so 2016 comes along, TD, says we really, really like what you guys are doing. Not really interested in your US direct-to-consumer business, but what about white labeling your technology, um, white labeling your technology so that we can make it available to our millions of customers so they could benefit from the same technology that you're delivering to customers in the US on a direct-to-consumer basis. And that kind of, that kind of launched, you know, launched us into the enterprise business. Um, and making our platform available as a service um, to TD um, as our flagship enterprise client that we have then subsequently over the past several years um, have built on to now include Westpac, uh, BCA or Bank Central Asia in Indonesia, Yandex, Yandex Money in Russia. So we really become a global brand on how we deliver the same wellness related solution to now millions of customers not just that are moving customers in the U.S., but customers of other financial institutions that are leveraging our same technology. So I want to come back to the enterprise business in a second, but since you guys were so early and we're real pioneers in, in, the, in the direct-to-consumer space, um, how has the, the, the end consumer changed, I guess, over that time? I know that's a broad question, but um, yeah. I guess when you were first marketing, I mean, it was the first time they really had access to some of these tools. And I think uh, as more banks have launched and, and as incumbents have improved their digital um, properties, um, I have to assume that the consumers have changed as well. Have you seen, or can you describe, I guess, how, how the evolution on the consumer side, what, what, yeah. what they're asking yeah. for and how they interface with you guys? Yeah, the, bit, the big change, um, the big change, Zach, now is where, you know, you know five, six, seven years ago, you know, we, we, were, we were novelties out there in so much as we're providing customers convenience, convenience in how they made payments, how they transferred money, um, whether that transfer you know, was you know, for, uh, on a person-to-person -person basis. But what you didn't really see back in 2011, 2012, you know, remember we were, at, we were out in the space with Simple, if you remember back then. Um, what we weren't able to do 
Um, and, and where the breakthrough didn't happen was become the primary banking relationship for a customer. Um, so again, the focus there was so much on convenience, digital enablement, um, real-time insights, um, all of which, all of which um, are incredibly valuable. But when you think about a primary bank relationship, it includes things like savings, it includes things like credit. So when you look today in the marketplace um, and you compare where neobanks or challenger banks, however you want to define them, Zach, when you look at what they are today versus what they looked like 2011, 2012, um, you know, the challenger banks today are, 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 full, are fully enabled you know, banking institutions with the, with the bundling of all of the products and services that banks typically offer to consumers, yet they're doing that with all of the conveniences that come from mobile and digital enablement. That's the big change that's taken place you know, in, this la in this last five, six, seven years. And I'm curious, um, I guess also how your own technology stack has evolved during this time, because, you know, at least from our perspective, we've seen, you know, a ton of new sort of B2B, just as you yep. guys have gone B2B, there are other services out there. Yep. Has, have, have you guys moved more from a build it to a partner model, I guess, on, on building your own technology stack? Uh, we, we still, we still, we still develop our own technology. Okay. Um, so we have our own in-house engineers. We believe that um, differentiates moving in, in, in a very significant way. In particular, when we think about the way that our technology, you know, gets um, adapted to all the varying circumstances that are out there, um, you know, around the world. So when we looked at TD and TD in, in Canada, and, and even TD now as we work for launching what is TD My Spend in America, what we did in Canada three or four years ago, very different from the requirements now even in the US. But take that out to Indonesia, where BCA, which is third or fourth largest retail bank uh, in a country same size as, as the United States, <clears throat> but obviously where, where those consumers are on a development continuum is very, very different um, to then looking at places like Russia to New Zealand, hard to be able, hard to imagine um, ha having, you know, having an organization that can deliver um, solutions that address those markets without some significant effort on, on, localizing, on localizing those solutions. Yeah, that localization was going to be one of my, my further questions. But so, so let's focus on the enterprise now. Um, it sounds like it's somewhat fortuitous with TD to start, um, you know, that, that they had a solution. You guys were there. Um, how, what, what does the sales cycle typically look like um, dealing? You know, we've heard with, from a lot of people in your seat, you know, it's, it's obviously long and extended. Um, yeah. Are there specific things that they're looking for from, from moving that you guys have sort of become, you know, sort of capable with in terms of, uh, you know, pre-addressing these questions or, 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 or their concerns. Yeah, of course. And again, a lot of that has to do with how we evolved as well, Zach, right? We, we didn't, we didn't get in, we didn't get into this business deliberately um, on building, you know, an enterprise software as a service organization. We started as a U.S. direct-to-consumer business and the technology was largely purpose-built, um, you know, for, for the U.S. marketplace and for, and for our own purposes. Um, and, so and that really, created a brand, a brand and awareness, right? I mean, that, of course. that were obviously yeah, worked to your advantage, right? 
Yeah. So over the past several years, we've, we've invested heavily into the technology so that we could address um, the, various delivery, the, the various delivery models that are out there. So, so that now means, you know, whether or not, you know, an institution wants to white label our entire um, mobile application to resemble what we have in the U.S., we can easily deliver that. Um, but when we go to the other extreme, we've taken that mobile application, we've compartmentalized each and every one of those components, turned those into SDKs, APIs behind that, so that then um, large, large institutions that already have mobile applications, already have those mobile applications um, that have been downloaded by their consumers, we're able to come in and enrich enrich those mobile applications with the movement experience without the need for a full rebuild. Um, that's allowed for us to come in in a much more nimble manner, much more cost effective, um, and much less disruptive. Um, so that's allowed for us to be able to really drive this you know, partnership with financial institutions because we're not looking to come in, replace your mobile technology, we're not looking to come in and say, you know, abandon what you have you know, developed in-house in, in whichever manner and, and take ours, which you know, is the best thing since sliced bread. We take a totally different approach. One is absolutely complementary and one in, in a partnership mode where we say, let's, let's take what you have. Let's go from version 1.0 to 2.0, 2.0 to 3.0. Let's enrich um, let's enrich the services that you make available to your customers. Let's provide real-time insights. Let's allow for personalization all within the existing framework and infrastructure that these banks are operating with, um, operating with today. That's a great approach. So, so when you went international, um, you talked about sort of the heavy lift in, in localizing um, your technology. I guess, can you give us a little bit of description about what that entails? Obviously, there's a language component. Are you doing yeah. custom builds as well, like for, for specific requirements in different countries? We, we do. Um, again, depending on, on the nature of the client, um, um, we, we, try, um, to, 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 we try to keep to one primary um, thesis is in and around, you know, the principles of um, our application is one whereby um, we think we look at real-time, real-time insights, Real sites, real-time insights that get surfaced to clients, so that then clients could make real-time decisions based on information being um, surfaced to them at that at that right point. So we we use words like contextualizing credit, contextualizing savings, and contextualize me contextualize means bringing it into the moment. So. All of our partners, um, as long as they fundamentally agree with that premise, um, we'll do whatever other localization or customizing they look for. Um, but we won't go away from things like real time. We won't go away from things like aggregation, all of which are fundamental um, for consumers to be able to gain better control of, of their spending, um, better control of their spending leads to better savings habits. Better savings habits lead to um, improving your own financial well-being. Um, that, that's what we stand for. Um, and again, we take a fairly we take a fairly rigid approach in um, you know discussing with our clients to make sure that we're all that we're on that same page. 
that we, 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 we take an approach where we do no harm. We're here to improve the lives of consumers. Um, financial institutions are so uniquely positioned to do that. Um, and we wanna make our technology available in its utmost for those institutions to be able to deliver that to their customers. And, and what do cycle times look like on the enterprise side? Well, let me ask it differently. Um, given the fact that you had built up all your DTC capabilities, um, evolving into a, a B2B company requires you know, a sales force or mm -hmm. I guess how, how did the company evolve along those lines internally to be able to service enterprise customers? Well, you, know, you, 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 know, you know, Zach, that comes with raising capital, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you know, we've raised capital and we've continuously raised capital. Our Series C round, which was done now about 18 months ago, um, that was with SBI out, out of Japan, SBI Holdings. Um, and again, that provided us really the much needed capital um, to mature uh, our global distribution business around enterprise. Um, again, um, I, we recruited um, chief revenue officer for global enterprise, a gentleman named Kesh Tawar. We recruited chief platform officer. So again, we really um, matured our enterprise business. Uh, again, the maturing of that business came with um, raising additional capital, we raise the additional capital, and now we, now we cover um, now we cover most 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 parts of the globe, um, either with our own with our own um, sales force in place, whether that's in Asia, Europe, um, Latin America, um, and then where we don't have um, full time salespeople on the ground, Zach, what we have are value added resellers mm -hmm. um, or in other markets where we want to expand. Um, but we just really don't have critical mass or the market momentum yet. You know, North Africa is a classic example of that. You know, we work with um, a value-added reseller like, uh, like Inlax that, that allows for us to have that, that, that reach. Um, we, we fully empower them with all the capabilities and information needed for them to be able to, um, you know, have meaningful discussions with banking institutions. Um, but again, once we get the critical mass in those marketplaces, then we'll staff into those uh, regions accordingly. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And as you were going out and pitching new enterprise customers, do you find yourself, do you bump into other uh, suppliers or are you up more against uh, just internal um, resources? Like, how competitive well, listen, is that market? Listen, com you competition, you know, competition is out there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are you know, competitors out there like Tink, Menenga. Um, you know, backbase um, that are all you know involved actively in delivering you know personalization and digital personalization you know we, you know within mobile solutions to you know to to banks around the world. So you know the fact the fact that there are more and more institutions like Movin to me suggests that um, you know you you know, we're, we're kind of um, crossing that tipping point where you're really gonna see tremendous movements forward with a lot of financial institutions, banking in particular, you know, that, that absolutely now um, are running out of time to make these changes. Um, and if you think about that, um, you know, from a, from a macro perspective in, in financial services, you know, the last 10 years, you know, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the benefits that banks were, were, were generating came from a falling interest rate environment. Um, that game's pretty much over. Um, and, and again, the, the next 10 years, the next decade is really going to be a decade of efficiency 
um, implementing technologies. And that's where, um, that's where organizations like Movin and our competitors, because there's more of them coming up, there's more of them um, entering into the space because the demand um, is going to become exponentially greater in, in the next three, five to 10 years. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and so how do you position Movin um, in, a, in, a, in a more competitive marketplace? How do you differentiate from some of the competition out there? Um, well, again, your, our differentiation absolutely comes from um, you know, you know, the clients that we have, the results that we're able to deliver. So when we look at your know, TD alone, um, TD MySpend in Canada with over 2 million TD MySpend users, again, that's moving, that's moving driving that for TD. We see that you know, the tangible results that, that, that TD is, is generating from that partnership with Movin is tremendous. Their, their, their savings rates in the TD MySpend cohort is up five and a half to six percent per annum versus the non-TD MySpend cohort. The attrition rate, one-fifth TD MySpend versus non-TD MySpend. Those are the results that at the end of the day will allow us to differentiate in the marketplace. Because um, it's not about what it is that we talk about doing, we actually deliver on, on what promises we make to our what promises we make to our clients. Got it. And I guess in, in the remaining time we have time for one last question. Um, I guess as you're looking forward, um, you talked about a capital raise before, you talked about you know expanding enterprise as continuing to run DTC, you've got a lot on your plate. Like, where's your focus in the near term to, to midterm? Yeah, I mean, our, our nearest term focus is in and around what, what is going to be moving 4.0. So as you know, Brett's your most recent book, you know, mm -hmm. your banking 4.0 was released earlier this year. And, you know, in, in sync, we are launching moving 4.0. Um, and, and, and that's going to be our that's going to be our newest release. Um, and again, much more, much more embedded AI. Um, so again, when we think about advice as a service, um, moving 4.0 is going to be underpinned um, by providing advice as a service and advice that not only um, addresses savings, but also credit and all of the various machine learning aspects around um, not just advice relative to savings, but also advice relative to credit. Mark, thank you so much for joining us on Tearsheet Podcast today. Thanks, Zach. Have a great day.